We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't No Seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Braden Turner, and Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, folks, before we get to this bowl game recap episode, we got to talk about our presenting sponsor, Emprise Bank. There's more options to do banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, or even your smartwatch, a trusted partner is at your fingertips also quick shout out charlie hustle we we've talked about charlie hustle we've worn the gear i don't i I don't even know what needs to be said about charlie hustle they're absolutely um as good as it gets the shirts the hoodies they're as good as it gets and uh so go give them go give them a look go look at some of that national championship gear and, and whatever new ku stuff they got out there so shout out charlie hustle Shout out Emprise Bank. Let's get into it, boys. Bowl game recap. Fun to say that. Fun to be recapping a bowl game first off, right off the bat. That's cool. Um, I'm fresh back from Memphis like two hours ago. I'm absolutely gassed. Um, my body hurts. It was a it was a fun week. Did you I, play last I, night? It feels like it. Um, that second, that fourth quarter alone was like a workout in itself, just from the the thrilling back and forth. I don't even know. Like I had to sit down and we rewatch like highlights of the fourth quarter to really like figure out what all, what all happened. Absolute chaos. But the, at the end of the day, before we get into all the analysis, I just want to say like, you've got to love this team. Like I know they did some frustrating things. I know they lost the game, but if you walk away from that bowl game with anything other than just absolute love, for this KU football team, you're crazy. What they did for this program this year and the way they just fought till literally the last second possible. Um, I love this team. Feel bad they didn't couldn't get it done, but that was a heck of a football game last night. An all-timer and one that I'm not sure. I mean, wins matter, but like we're gonna talk about the game in a good way forever. And we certainly wouldn't have had we not made that comeback in the fourth. So 
that's how I wanted to start it. Now we can get in there. I'll, I'll give you the floor B turn, get your thoughts off, and then we can start to really uh, analyze what, what we all want to talk about. Yeah, I was just going to say they fought and battled all year, like you said, and especially on the road. We've talked about it on the pod all year, how they started slow on the road all year. Um, at West Va, at Houston, they're down 14. They win those games. Obviously, a huge reason they go bowling. Baylor, they're down 28-3. Um, they have a chance to get a stop late and win that game. So I guess you could never give up on this team. They fought till the end, no matter what. Even at Oklahoma, they battled. So got to be super proud. Um, and just – Obviously, you can be upset with losing, but think about the guys. Like they were, you know, they were gut wrenched after the game. You saw Kenny Logan laying in the end zone, and this team is the start of the new era. And they put in a ton of work this offseason. So, you know, they are just absolutely heartbroken after losing, after coming back from down 25. Yep. AB, what, uh, I mean, what's kind of your takeaway? It's our first time with a bowl game. It is kind of weird. You sit there and it's like, okay, yeah, we want to win this game, but like, at the end of the day, who cares? Like, what was your – I mean, we want to win, but, like, also, do you feel good about the performance? Are you happy with how it went? What's your what's your takeaway from it? Yeah, and I was telling you before we got on, but, like, I, I wasn't, like, really worried about the outcome of the game. Like, I was excited to see it happen, and really, like, the important stuff that's actually going to help going forward happened in the last month with a whole extra month of practice. Just being able to say you went to a bowl game is, like, a big step for the program. So at the end of the day, like I was never sad when they're getting blown out or at the end, like, yeah, you want to win the game. But at the end of the day, it's a glorified scrimmage that's very fun. And yeah. it was just cool to be back in that spot. All of Twitter was talking KU football last night with the yeah. comeback and the cover. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just the experience overall. It made everything successful as far as the season goes. But um, yeah. I will say this, and you guys both brought it up. I... I agree that this team will fight until the end every single week, but is that becoming their like a little bit too much of their identity where every game they start out slow because in the back of their minds, they're like, Oh, well, we've done this before. We can come back. We've, you know, we're going to fight. It's an awesome trait to have, but it, it's almost getting annoying to me that we're having that conversation every single week. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean it's it reminds me of like the 2017 Kansas basketball team that Josh Jackson Devon like that team always mm -hmm. got down but it, they never panicked cuz you felt like they could just come back quick. Obviously a lot more talent than this KU football team, but yeah, I think you're right. I think this team plays pretty relaxed and under control when they are getting beat by a lot because they they've seen themselves turn around and and figure it out, but it's hard, especially against SEC team, Arkansas. Like, they got dudes you could see at moments where it was just like we were, you know, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're hitting harder, they're tackling a lot better. Um, so, yeah, it is concerning, and I think that's a big thing. There's things this team has to do in the offseason. Um, but, like, yeah, eliminating early game mistakes and just getting out to bad starts is one thing that I feel really – that's something that you can easily fix with I think experience will help that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a little concerning that that did become this team's identity in a way. Yeah. I mean, think about all the road games I just talked about. Like I didn't even bring up K state. We get a stop coming out three and out and we muff the punt. They start inside the 10 free seven points. We gave them a free seven points. Um, obviously yesterday we muffed a kickoff. They score the next play. JD throws two picks in their territory. Like, take one of those turnovers away or catch the kicker turn and you're not down 20, obviously not down 25, but you might end up winning the game. So it was just 
obviously big time mistakes on the road. They every I can't even think of a road game where we just went in and we were good from start to finish. Like even Baylor, you're down 25 and you have a chance to win that game against a really well coached Dave Aranda and that defense. And they yeah, it, they were down 28-3 and they had a chance to win that game. And it felt like we maybe made some coaching decisions to not go for it. And they ended up going for it and being aggressive. Like that could be the difference of a game. I remember we kicked a field goal at Baylor in the first half where we were lining up to go for it and then we kicked it. So I don't know. It's just crazy if they if they would have started that game, which they did, they got up seven three, and then we get the ball and they fumble the first snap and that kills the drive. Like what if KU goes up 14-3? And it was supposed That's to be true. a shootout. It's it was a 70 point over under. So I think KU easily yeah. could have, especially with that first drive. The first drive was smooth. We ended up getting a stop, get the ball back. And he he, he honestly had um, Quentin Skinner over the middle wide open, missed him. So we could have went up 10-3 yeah. or 14-3, and maybe we could have been the team up four scores. It was super frustrating because we came out, we held them to that field goal after it felt like they were just going to run it right in. Like it felt like they were going to have control. We held him to the field goal, which was huge. Uh, we obviously come out. JD makes a great, great play to get to the first touchdown. We're up 7-3. And it did for a second. We get I think it was a three and out. I could be wrong, but for we sure. have the ball. And you're starting to – you're kind of sitting there looking around and like, I will get tons of shit for this. But I, I jokingly – you're killing me for this. I turn to Chris and Alan and I go, hey, we score here. I'm ready to talk shit pump. And oh, it was boy. a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> oh, no. But it was like, hey, we score here 14-3. I'm ready to get cocky. Like, that was more so what I was saying. Like, because, you know, you read the things. Arkansas had it was down a lot of guys. And yeah, it's like, if you get up 14-3, are you all of a sudden looking at KU controlling this game? And then immediately, JD fumbles the snap. Uh, then he, I don't even know what happened. We just went three and out there. Third and 14, and Skinner was wide, wide open. Yeah, okay, that was the play. The freaking kick return. Like, that is the stuff that you just can't do. Like, you can, I can handle JD throwing a pick. That Grim pick, or the one that he was trying to get Grim in the corner, I think, near the end zone. Like, that was bad. I get one it. of them was a I miscommunication. Mean, I don't know if you yeah, saw that, like, but those are mistakes that if your quarterback's a guy that slings it like Jalen, that's going to happen. And it's frustrating. I can live, I, I can't live with draw like it wasn't even a punt it was a kickoff and, and we couldn't it catch like the, the ball it just it meant, like those are the mistakes and same with the freaking k-state one you mentioned we're trying to catch the ball inside the five weren't we in that mm -hmm. one like it's just it felt like those are the mistakes that drive me absolutely crazy that but i also have hope that like those things are easily fixable like yeah. with just more experience i think special teams absolutely needs a look i don't know what needs to change there but something needs updated or or figured yeah. out the, the special teams I mean, is a bit of a problem for a second i thought you were punting for the hawks yesterday <laughs> i thought it was I you mean, out there um and they were i mean i don't know who the punter was but they were going 20 yards and speaking of seven three when we got the ball we actually had pretty <laughs> we actually had pretty good field position they uh yeah. they i think we started at the 35 or so and then the first snap just kills the drive and then yeah the kickoff dude and people don't really i feel like the Average fan doesn't realize like momentum swings in sports, dude. Like it's 10 7. We look great on that drive, and then we muff a kickoff and they score the next play. And so the defense probably it took the life out of the defense. I feel like um, it's just seven so, free points, no matter how you twist it. It's seven free points for Arkansas, and it could have been so, our ball. We go up. 
just to recap, AB, correct me if I'm wrong here. We went three and out after the fumbled snap. We then punted. They scored on like a first play deep pass or one of the first plays deep where we just miscommunicate. Nobody's even near the guy, right? They score. The kickoff happens. They get the ball, and then they score the very first play, right? So Uh, it was essentially three plays that led to 14 points in a span of like, what, 13 seconds came off the game clock? Like, and then that's like their just... their next score happened like a minute and a half later because I'm pretty sure Jalen threw an interception, and then they yeah. just went down and scored right away. And it it went from seven to three to twenty four seven in about eight minutes of real time. It felt yeah. like it's yeah. crazy. Um, now those are things that good teams just don't have happen to them, and not even like that's the stuff where we're still a little. We had too many of those moments this year yeah. where we just handed teams points. But like I said. We're returning a lot. Those types of things can get fixed pretty easily. So, and I feel like but, they, the obviously the coaches will be, but the players should be too, because this happened all year. And yeah. a, like you said, Ryan, like that kickoff, that that could be the difference of the game. Like you can't live with that because <sighs> makes me so mad. It just hands them seven free <laughs> points. Like maybe the game doesn't go to OT, or maybe KU gets the ball and scores there, and the momentum's completely different. But it yeah. just changes the game. Like it's like I said, it's putting up seven points on the board for Arkansas, and the offense yeah. looked good the first drive of the game, and then the offense didn't really get in a rhythm until late in the game. Like no. the, we fumbled the first snap, so that kills the drive, and then we fumble the kickoff, and then that's seven. So the offense isn't out there again, and then they're already in a seventeen-seven hole, like they were on the road all year. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit now about just how. You know, we did come back. And even like, I mean, did the momentum kind of, yeah. Can I get, yeah, yeah, can I get one thing before you get to the fun part? Cause there's one other yeah. like question I have about more of a negative. Yes. Okay. Their first drive of the second half, we're down 31 10, 31 13. 13. You can't punt on fourth and four from the opponent's so 45 mad. yard line. Dude. And that's, it's not mad. a one time thing. Like I saw someone tweet. KU ran the or KU went for it on fourth down the fewest amount out of any team in the Big 12. They only went for it 17 times this year. Baylor and Westfall yeah. were both at like 78 times that they went for it on fourth down. Now, obviously, that probably has something to do with maybe they're in more fourth down situations. Maybe they're they, you know, pick up yards. It's fourth and short every time, and it's not fourth and 16 after a sack or a fumbled snap, like you know, we talked about before. But man, like this we're it's quickly going to turn i'm not saying anyone's going to have any regrets with lance or anything bad to say because yeah. he's done so much but mm-hmm. with winning comes expectations and with expectations comes nitpicking this small decisions like punting on fourth and four from the arkansas 45 when you're down 18 points in an exhibition game like yeah that exactly it, it's not it, like it's it a really, playoff game right it's the end of the world where you take a chance there and don't get it what's that, the worst and, and the, and with the defense playing the way it was, and it played out exactly how everyone knew. If you oh, get if you don't get the first down, Arkansas scores from the 45 and three plays instead of five. Like the defense was stopping position. anybody at that point. So you pick up 20 best case, even if you pin them inside the one yard line, they're still gonna go down and score. So it's like just trust your like best unit you have on the team to get for it. Like I feel like we've had this conversation many times this year, and that's like I don't want to have concerns going into it because obviously we're fired up and it's the first time KU football shown any ounce of success in like our adult lifetimes. But if there was one thing to be worried about going forward for me, it's special teams and like coaching decisions like that. Yeah. It, and it was just, to me, it was like, it was 
I think every time that decision came up this year, like the Baylor game, B-Turn mentioned, the defense was scored on quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, it was almost every time it felt like we were in that spot where it was like, okay, well, whatever, we'll play a field position game. Field position wasn't mattering at all for a stretch in that game. Like, our defense didn't have it. And your quarterback. Yeah, and that's the other thing. To tease one in a joking way, to tease us and make us (laughs) think you're going for it, and then to be like, oh, nope, JK, we're punting. But then, two, if you're going to punt, let's let the punter do it. And I Which, know as Beecher really made good. jokes, <laughs> Beecher made jokes. Uh, maybe, I guess, from my angle in my seats, I didn't realize he was punting that poorly. Like, I, I don't know. It, I, I, I know they know. weren't bombs, but uh, but either way, you, you got to trust. If you're doing that, if you're in it for field position, you better trust your punter to pin that inside the 10. That's and if the only you reason don't you're trust punting. your punter, Go for the four, go for it on fourth down like that. Oh, and like you guys said, and like we've said, bowl games, it just it's okay. Like if, the, if we get stopped on fourth down, it's what 31 13 at that point, and mm-hmm. yeah, they score and it's 38 13, and the game's probably over. But guess what? The game felt even more over when we punted and then they still scored. Like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I know Lance, I think Lance looks at that as like. This team's proven that we can continue to battle, 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 grind away, chip away, chip away. But, man, when you think about some of the games we lost this year where it just felt like we needed a little more – we needed the ball one or two more times or, or – I don't know. Like, it's just – I do want to see Lance get a little more aggressive in those situations moving forward. But we'll see. It's That's that's a, the wild thing is we you brought up the Baylor game. I brought up the Baylor game. Baylor's up two or three scores on us going for it on fourth and four in their own territory. But we're down three scores, punting it to try to pin them inside the 10, which we did pin them in that situation at the one. But, A.B., we yeah. talked about it. Remember how bad our defense was on third down mm-hmm. in that game? And specifically during that time of the year, OU was like 17 of 21 on third down. Defense couldn't stop anyone. They couldn't stop any. They were getting gashed last night. At one point, it was 8.1 a carry, like 260 rushing yards. And you're down three scores, and you're punting the football there. Fourth and four, like how manageable is that with a QB that you should trust? Yes, he's thrown two picks, but he's been, I don't know, with Lance, it feels like he did, he's not consistent, I feel like, on fourth down like calls whether he's aggressive or not. Sometimes he's aggressive, and then sometimes he's not. So I feel like it just baffles me. And it feels confusing to me because there has been times where he goes for it on fourth. Like think about the play calls with Kotal Nicky on fourth downs. Like they would convert him. He obviously is a great play caller. That decision was terrible to me. And like you guys said, it's not like it's the college football playoff. It's a bowl game that obviously we were pumped to be there. And I don't think we would – obviously it sucks losing in the way we did, but it's not like it's the end of the world if you lose the Liberty Bowl to a six and six Arkansas team when you went winless two years ago. Haven't been to a bowl game in 14 years. Like you should be there to take chances, pull things out of the playbook that you haven't before. Like, I don't know. It's it's that's an insane decision. Let's keep in mind that like the last defensive possession. Yes, we uh, Burrow got the pick at the end of the first half, but like the fact that we did not sack KJ Jefferson was the most frustrating thing. Like, Bonnie Phelps dude. had his legs wrapped up for 15 seconds. And then seconds. he ran five yards, and it felt like he was at least going to get tackled then. And Kobe and uh, I think it was Rich Miller just don't even come close to bringing him down. Like, it was just – and that – so, to me, 
that's what was fresh on my mind. Like this defense is struggling, man. And I, I know we got the pick and that was a nice play, but also just kind of a bad pass, but to not then and think, DPR. okay, maybe we shouldn't put this in the hands of our defense. Maybe we <laughs> should try to let JD do something here, but whatever. I it, mean, if it's frustrating, but I'm not ever, I'm not going to, we obviously hype up Lance all the time. This year was great. Five and zero. um, college game day. We were ranked, but I'm just trying to think like maybe not even in the country, but in the big 12, how many coaches are going for that there in a bowl game down three scores, fourth and four. It's not like it was fourth and not manageable fourth and eight, fourth and nine. Maybe I would get, but we're in their yeah. territory. Defense is getting gashed. You should trust your QB. I just, I feel like so maybe I'm crazy. So, I think 70% or more coaches in the country go for that. I mean, yeah. Why not? We're what do you have to lose? You in the big 12, definitely that doesn't, but like, here's the thing I want to maybe throw out here, play a little devil's advocate. If you're Lance Leipold listening to this pod, I'm sure he listens. Ain't no seeds all the time. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, are you sitting there like, hey, idiots, we got the game to overtime and it came down to a two-point conversion. I clearly was fine in my decision-making. Like, do you think, is there an argument to be made where Lance is like, hey, also, idiots, in the Baylor game, we had a chance to win that game if we get a stop. Like, I don't know. Like, is is the fact that we – four? and I know it took absolute chaos and a lot of luck to get that game to overtime. Onside but – like, is there any way, A.B., that Lance and Kotelnicki are sitting here listening, if they were, saying, like, these guys are idiots, we got this game to overtime? They could be, and that's probably why the questions won't be asked, because, like, at the end of the day, the result ended up panning out fine. But that just feels like a lame answer to me. It feels very, <laughs> like, result over process, which feels very backwards. Like, yeah. the the Texans can go out and almost beat the Chiefs, I don't think the Texans are almost as good as the Chiefs are. Like, things just kind of happen sometimes and chaos happens in weird football games. Like, that would just be a very, very, like, kind of bullshit response to that, I would say. And the the Baylor situation feels the exact same, so maybe you can sit there and reverse it and say, why didn't they learn from that situation? Because what if they go for it in Waco, get it, and they win the game? I don't know. It just – that's what – before – like when you were talking and I was thinking, I was sitting here thinking like I can be unreasonable, but I also like to think from the coach's situation. Yeah. And I just can't think of a scenario of why you wouldn't go for it. Like I understand if your defense is stringing together stops or if you had a good defense, you know, mm-hmm. like if you had a good defense that you could trust, you pin them back and you're going to get good field position at the 50 and score again, I would get it. But your defense isn't stopping anyone. They're getting eight on the ground every play couldn't tackle i don't know if right if you noticed it but it just felt like the defense was dead to start the game they were running around slow couldn't wrap up um it just felt like there was no energy and that kind of happened on the road all year ab we talked about the ou game where uh gray was getting like seven a carry waco they scored 28 in the first half houston and uh west virginia kind of came out quick so it felt like they were dead in the first half a lot of games and it happened again last night You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. So let's talk about some fun things that happened because that, that second awesome. half, really, really, the like, I don't even include the third quarter, really. It was mainly the fourth quarter was some of the most fun I've ever had watching a football game. Certainly the most fun I've ever had live at a football game. I haven't been to any of the Chiefs Arrowhead, like, um, playoff games, things like that. But, like, that was awesome and an incredible atmosphere. And first off, like, KU fans showed out incredibly well if you're walking around beale street all you saw and i get it arkansas is an hour away they probably didn't all i mean arkansas showed up pretty well too both sides were almost full um but like beale street was just full of kansas fans it it was an awesome atmosphere of just a completely split stadium which i love it reminded me of like a a high school football rivalry game where just both crowds are completely full and they're just going nuts every time something big happens but for that KU team to not roll over and die, as we've said, they haven't done that all year. But, like, we joke, a bowl game's a bowl game. Like, they could have easily rolled over and said, eh, whatever, we had a good year, we got here, mm-hmm. let's pack it up, let's call it. But Jalen Daniels, man, and we joked that people, there were tweets, there were comments, it probably all entered our brain. Do you give Jason Bean oh, yeah. a look in the second half? Like, that was definitely a thought, or maybe a thought after his second pick, because we're all idiot fans, and we think dumb thoughts when things are going bad. But Jalen Daniels showed in the second half that he is such a star, set all sorts of records, and the fact that he's going to be our quarterback next season has me so excited. Um, I don't even know. Where do we start in the second half? When did things really start to turn? Was it – it was 38-13 with like yeah, three, minutes three minutes left in the third quarter. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're down four scores with three minutes left in the third. We score to make it 38-20. And then 
it's I then we don't remember really do most anything of the for a while. Yeah. That's why, like second we, half, yeah, we were good, but we came out kind of slow in this uh, to start the second half, and then we finally started putting drives together. And then late in the game, Arkansas easily they were about to put it away. The game was over, and yeah. they run a reverse, they fumble. <laughs> I have no idea how that wasn't overturned, but kind of the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like he was those Allen Fieldhouse refs in there, guys. Yeah, Kansas and that gets was, all the calls. Yeah, and then so they yeah. They uh, I, they fumble there and give us a new life. I literally I was at a my uncle's having a kid and I was there. I went out to my car to like grab a ain't no seats hoodie for someone, um, and I was like listening. I gave up on the game because we had driven. Uh, we had I think we were down fourteen or fifteen and we were driving. We ended up not scoring. I'm pretty sure. And then Arkansas gets it and I'm like I hear Haney on the radio that they fumbled and we get it yeah. with like four minutes left. Which still there's like no chance to win that game. Yeah. It, the Arkansas, even and I'll AB, I'd love your thoughts on this because, like, Uh-oh. me and when Arkansas threw that ball deep and completed it, I was turning to the guys with me and I'm like, I thought that was a dumb call, like late in the fourth when I, I don't even know what down that was, but for them to throw that ball deep when we had one timeout left and obviously it worked out, he caught it, but. I don't know. I felt like Arkansas was kind of obviously feeling themselves a little bit. Felt like they had it wrapped up and almost were trying to just kind of flex a little bit with the reverse late in the game. They absolutely got careless. And I do think that coach and I do think Arkansas fans were really mad. But like, were they idiots late in that game? Kind of, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to be. There are many examples of them being idiots to get KU back in the game. Um, but yeah, it's just, it felt bizarre and maybe it's, maybe it's smart and advanced thinking to try and open up the playbook a little bit more and running the clock out and increase your chance of getting another first down rather than just three handoffs up the middle. But then shit like that happens and you look like the biggest idiot in the room. It's just Um, wild. It's not like they were up, they were up two scores and they have a, they have a QB that we couldn't wrap up QB. That is an absolute monster. Um, and then a running the running game that was just killing us, and they ran a reverse, which it wasn't a fumble, but so I don't what get. Did they I don't say get on the like, broadcast. What I did couldn't they, hear, I had... so that'd be on you, AB. Oh. I couldn't hear it. Honestly, at that point, I wasn't even considering a comeback being possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I mean, I'm on they were in our territory. It was, <laughs> it was still a 15 point game with like a minute and a half to go at that point. Like, yeah. So I guess you could was... look at that and say they're up two scores. Maybe we can dick around a little bit. And they they get yeah, a little. That's what cute, it felt but, like. Yeah. It felt like they were like, let's let's run a reverse here and get one last score and flex a little bit. And then it's like, uh-oh. Cause uh oh. Because I I missed the whole play. I just saw a replay later, but they were in our territory, right? Oh yeah, yeah. they were deep. The game so was there. Yeah, a score there. Yeah, the they got like the ten yard scores. line. <laughs> oh, it was just funny. Like it was a classic example of like, and I don't know. It, it's just like at that point, all you have to do is protect the ball. And to me, you give you the ball to your running back, the guy that's probably least likely to fumble. Um, it was just weird. It was weird. I couldn't believe they went deep, and I know that was kind of a dagger, so you say that was a good play. But then to turn around and run the reverse after that, it's just very funny. Um, the fumble, when they showed the replay on the Jumbotron, we all – and I'm on Twitter, like, scrolling, everyone's like, ah, dang it, not a fumble. And, like, at that point, we're just kind of like, dang, like, that would have been funny. We've already given up on it, and the ref comes yeah. on. Like, you should have seen our faces when they're like, call stands. Like, it, it was so confused because not one person on Twitter was like, yep, that's a fumble. Like, it was the most undisputed, 
reverse of all time for the fumble call and it just stuck and i don't i still to this day don't know why it did um i loved seeing like conspiracy theories and and stuff like that but either way yeah for us to then that happens and we score immediately so jd just at that point was cooking rims cooking jared casey started to cook i don't even remember like that i can't keep track we had so many scores late in that game i can't keep track of what was two-point conversions what was touchdowns what was whatever but it weirdly felt after we get that fumble and run down the field and score, it was kind of like, well, wait, Arkansas is kind of shook. Um, and then the onside kick. Oh so did God. you watch that B turn? Did you see that? Oh yeah. It was beautiful. I turned. So I turned to Hannah who is like not a huge football gal. She's just not. And I turned to her and she's, she's like, wow, we have a chance. And I was like, by the way, onside kicks, like never, work out like we have like a one percent chance of getting this ball and then it looked like the most easy thing i've ever seen arkansas didn't even attempt to get on that ball like not a soul was there to pick up that ball from arkansas and it was weird it felt like arkansas was completely just stunned shitting their pants not caring yeah it was they they just shit the like. If you're an Arkansas fan, uh, obviously you go to a bowl. You're six and six SEC. You have your hopes up, but you got to be full meltdown mode, right? You're. It, it was looking. I thought we were going to lose by forty at one point. I really did. I probably got to that point on multiple road games this year. But yeah, they fumble that ball. Like AB said, like even fumbling that ball, and we have to go 80, 90 yards. Like you still think there's no shot. You got to <laughs> score. Then you got to get an onside kick with no timeouts. And you still, in the back of your mind, know you have to get a two-point conversion. So, yeah, they score. I think it was a Doug Emelian who scored. And then just a perf – obviously, they looked like idiots on the onside kick, but it just popped up right to our guy. Because going into onside – like you said, there's no shot of getting onside kicks. But when yeah. you get that onside kick, you boys are all in, right? Once yeah. you get that oh, – like, Yeah, I didn't like, even consider losing at that point. Game was over in my mind. Like, cash well, the tickets. You're down, eight, you're down eight, though, and you have to get yeah. – and also – the guy that you're listening to talk right now had a lot of money on Kansas plus three. So I was, I'm all in <laughs> yeah. and I gave up on it, obviously 38, 13, but yeah, all in and still got to get the two. Po- I was nervous about over losing it in overtime, but yeah, you go score. Um, I forget. Like you said, there were so many points, I think 108 yeah. points or something, but um, you score and then find Arnold in the back of the end zone to tie it at what, yeah. what was the, what did it go to OT? 38? Oh, 38, yeah. 38, yeah. 38 OT. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just a, a meltdown from Arkansas, but also just so clutch by J.D. He didn't make Not a real. mistake no. late in that game. There was he was a, perfect. There, at one point, there were, I think he got a delay a game to make it like second or third and 15, and I started to stress. I'm like, God, they got, they got multiple downs, but they got to get 15 yards. Just throwing strikes over the middle to Grimm whoever like he's spreading the wealth and yeah. I don't know how you guys felt about this. I feel like Ryan, you're pretty calm during games, but started to melt down in the first overtime possession when we ran it three times in a row inside the 10, even on third and maybe goal at the five and they run it with, which Kai, I think Kai just had a tough year with injuries. Uh, he didn't look hey, crazy. He had the best game of his career. Yesterday. Yeah. I thought but he was even good. third and goal, which they probably knew they were going to end up running another play. And it ended up working, but it was weird. They ran it three times inside the 10 when JD was in a balling. game where we were just not running the ball. Like it, all of a sudden we were like, eh, let's try this run thing here <laughs> in, in overtime. We'll, we'll give it a shot. But 
I mean, it worked out. JD again, made JD something clutch to J- to Casey, like huge. We got to um, talk about the broadcast camera of that fucking touchdown, man. The I wanted to get, I wanted to get like a, I wanted to get like a live reaction from people's houses because <laughs> I'm at my uncle's house with like thirty or forty people, and they throw it, and you kind of see the crowd like with the you see some of our fans like getting pumped. So I kind of knew it was a touchdown, but everyone in the house was dead silent for like 10 seconds after it. Cause you have no idea what's going on. Like there's a big old, I don't know what that thing was on the TV. Yeah. It took up the whole TV. So like, obviously no disrespect to females, but they, the the females in the house had no idea what was going on. Like it was just chaos for 10, 15 seconds. Like, who scored? Yeah. Like, did they score? Yeah. Was it incomplete? How does that? How, how does that happen? How do they not have that figured out with the and cameras? It, it happened on both ends too. Not as really? much to that extreme, but that. on the other end, there were like two dudes where their head kept getting in the way every time the ball was thrown in the end zone. Yeah, so weird. Um, okay, so now we got to talk about. I mean, the thing that I've been looking forward to talking about. We've said it. JD was cooking. The dude was making clutch play after clutch play. Um, Two-point conversion, well, especially. Before we get there, I want to know, like, A.B., what was your mm-hmm. confidence level going into overtime? Because, like, obviously we have all the momentum. We joked that we were ready to cash tickets. We were that confident. But then you sit down and you're like, well, shit, we're playing from the 25-yard line, and uh, we're going up against Arkansas, who had clearly looked just more physical, talented than us at that point. So, like, where were you at confidence-wise as we got to overtime? I had zero doubts in my mind they were going to win. I didn't even think about losing. Well, Arkansas's offense, I mean, they moved the ball a couple times, but they didn't score after, what, the 10-8-minute mark in the third quarter? Yeah, Yeah. that first touchdown they scored to go up 25, and then they did nothing. So I was kind of like, okay, the defense is vibing right now. Offense can't be stopped. Like, to me, it felt like they were either going to win. And honestly, I forgot the overtime rules for second overtime. So I assumed that when we got the ball back, we would have gone for two to try and win it there and not get into the dumb old penalty shootout BS that it ended up being. But I hate uh, that. Yeah, at that point, I was 100% confident. Yeah, I going into OT, I had no doubts in the world about the offense. Like the offense was cooking. JD was unbelievable. He had already set like the Liberty Bowl record or whatever. I think he was maybe at 500 going into OT or whatever he was at. But I knew the offense would get. Uh, I knew the offense would score, and it was probably going to be four down territory no matter what because our defense. I mean, good God! I know you start at the 25, but both drives, two plays, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, they didn't. Hold them to like a no gain or they were like gassed, a pivot. Dude, yeah, for so sure. Gassed. Yeah, and you got to give them credit too because we just kind of dogged on them about the first half, but Arkansas didn't really do much in the second half, no, so you got to give awesome them love. The but yeah, yeah, getting and that's the thing about what we're about to talk about is JD was he was money in those big time, big time downs, fourth downs, the two point conversions, the in at the end of regulation to extend the game, the one in double overtime to extend the game. He was just so good with the ball in his hands late in the game i just i don't know i'm all over the place about the two-point conversion which you're about so to let's talk up. about it Let, let's have a little therapy session obviously we everyone knows if you're listening to this pod we we run the play we give the ball to bean and i think the design was for bean to pass the ball and find either fairchild or i can't even remember who he threw it over the head of was it arnold mm-hmm. um 
But either way, like I think it was initial the the reaction. Everyone, everyone immediately in the stands around me are like, "Why are you taking that ball out of JD's hands?" Like that was obviously the first thought. Is JD just cooked for an hour straight in this game? Completely willed Kansas back into the game, and it's the deciding play. And you you take the ball out of his hands. Um, and that is a very fair original take, and I still stand. I think that take. I'm frustrated, but yeah. If 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 Bean makes the throw, if he makes the right pass and goes to Fairchild, who is wide open, we're sitting here saying, "Oh my God, Andy Kotelnicki, the man is in his bag. The yeah. man is a genius." And so it's like I felt bad. Even I said, like Kotelnicki got too cute with it. I kind of regretted it because it's like it worked. I, I, so I don't it know. Didn't I work, don't but know. It worked. I know, like, that's what's hard is it wasn't a broken play where Bean just got freaking smoked in the backfield. You could argue he gets in with his legs or he finds Fairchild. He just made the one decision he couldn't make, and I felt bad for him. The decision he made was throwing the ball away. I'm Like, I swear to God, he threw the ball away. Did he? I I don't know. It wasn't even close, dude. Oh. It was. I, I, don't like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Av, am I wrong? Like, do you? How? Yeah. What percentage did he? In your mind, do you think he threw that ball away, thinking maybe we had another down, or he was just obviously they were bringing pressure. There's a couple guys by the line of scrimmage for Arkansas. So, I mean, he definitely didn't give Arnold a single chance. Like uh-uh. it was five yards over his head. So, I'm just. I don't know. Did he throw that away? It kind of looked that I way. I'm. He, I mean, I, I'm sure he didn't mean to. He's got to know it's two point conversion time. So, like. Do or die. Yeah, what, if, what if he thought it was first down? Yeah, third, third and goal from the two. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's it sucks. Um, it's just, but okay. So, so that was me kind of defending Kotelnicki because you said it. You said it great, B turn. Like it, it worked, but it didn't work. But if you're Kotelnicki and you truly like, like I, I, I made the joke earlier. If you're Kotelnicki listening to this and listening to Twitter, you're saying, hey. Idiots, the play I called left our tight end who already had a touchdown wide open in the middle of the end zone. Why are you mad at me? And, but here's the thing what did we, what was our issue with Jason Bean all year, right? Like we knew he was electric, he had electric moments, but his decision making was not always the best, right? That was kind of Jason Bean's downfall. He had moments where you just completely scratched your head, like, and he had great moments. And I don't, and I don't want to take anything away. He's the reason we made a bowl game. We don't beat Oklahoma State without Jason Bean. He was electric he at times. But, like, that's the one critique with Bean. And the biggest difference between him and JD is, like, JD's just more a smarter player. And you trust him to make the better pass. And so that's where I would push back on Kodo Nicky or anyone that defends it is, like, we know that sometimes uh, – Jason Bean kind of struggles with that in those quick moments where you got to make a quick decision. So it's like, is it fair to get mad at him for putting him in that spot? Like, I, I do think Kotelnicki deserves a little bit of criticism for putting the ball in Bean's hand. Regardless of if the play worked, you still put it in a guy's hands that mainly sat on the bench all game. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's lame. I'm basically just taking both sides. Uh, I'm also to but- the point. I'm also to the point where Bean is so wild that Fairchild, there was no one within five yards of him, but if he plants and throws that to Fairchild, it easily could have been inaccurate. I think yeah. like he could have thrown it wide. He had some pressure coming at us. Not really, but there were some guys, like I said, at the line of scrimmage, but it could have been, 
he could have sailed him on the run. He could have thrown it left of him, right of him, whatever. I just, it's tough to trust him. He made a ton of plays this year, second half against TCU, but I want the ball and the best player on the field. I want it in his hands. And Mm -hmm. I know they were probably running out of two point plays potentially, but my, like my initial, my, I know, I know they just like, even Kent tweeted, like you only have like five or six plays for those situations, but I don't care. I want, this is what my initial reaction is. If JD say JD gets sacked or JD throws a pick or JD tries to get in and he's short, I'm devastated. We can't, but you sit there, we came back. What an awesome comeback. Like I'm probably sitting there clapping. Like, hell yeah, what an effort by JD. But to take it out of his hands, and obviously you guys might think this is outrageous, but that's like that's like not giving it to Kobe or LeBron to tie the game or win the game late. Well, 544 like, passing yards. Isn't this Six a thing total touchdowns. Don't Chiefs fans have this argument a lot where when yeah. Andy Reid gets cute, yes, you give yes. it to Kelsey or something, direct snap, and it works a lot of times. And you say, wow, Andy, hell yeah. But then – there's those moments where it doesn't work, and it's like, wait, we have Patrick Mahomes. What are we ever snapping the ball to anyone else? I know we didn't snap at the beam, but still. like it, It's just that's the tough part about being a guy like Kodonicki who likes to get creative. You're going to have moments like this where you're just – but, A.B., we got to talk about – Hold on. Like, I have one thing on this play. It's not even that creative, though. Like, it's the most <laughs> famous trick play of all time because Philly ran it in the Super Bowl. And if you see the backup quarterback coming in at wide receiver and you see him start in motion – everyone in america knows what's coming like everyone yeah. knows it's a little flip to him and he's gonna try and pass it the it's first thing i said when i saw bean trotting onto the field was oh god why is bean on the field because you know it's involving him like yeah. you just did i want to know um, i want to know what went through your guy's head right when he t- you knew he was getting the ball like i thought said, he was gonna run it in i really did okay, like i thought it was i immediately just my hopes just went I thought it was going to come down to him having to like dive for a touchdown. I didn't think he was going to throw it for whatever reason. Because to me, if you're running a pass play, you just keep it in JD's hands. Like it felt like we were like, "What? Let's just run a jet sweep with JD." Forty-four yards. But AB, yeah, let's get to that point. I don't know if I, I, I I appreciated the honesty of Lance where he just said, "Look." We were running out of two point. We ran out of two point conversion plays. I appreciated the honesty. I don't I didn't love that answer though. Like, can you not redo one with JD? Like I don't well, know. the playbook. Like, Think about they talk about how many plays they draw up early in the week. So like, that's what bothers me. It's like that? it, also, that's the biggest thing that bothers me. It's like, sure, maybe you only have five or six designated plays to run in a two-point conversion scenario where you know it's basically fourth and goal from the three. How many plays do you – like, do you just not have a short yardage playbook? Like, if it's third and three from the 20, do you not – I mean, obviously it opens up the field a little bit more. But still, like, you don't have any short yardage gain or – It just it just blew my mind. And, like, I get it. How many, how many games are you going to need five or six two-point conversion plays? And maybe with yeah. the new college yeah. rules, it's like, okay, well, once every couple of years, we're going to have this triple overtime game where we're going to need a lot of them. But still, that's one in every 40 games probably. But yeah. the the thing that really got to me with that is like, okay, well, just why not break out a different short yardage play they used in the second quarter? Like, yeah, you should have plenty of those. Your quarterback threw like, for half of that over half a thousand yards. 
even if it like this sounds crazy and we'd probably be bashing it, but even if it's like a freaking option with JD, yeah. like let him run and try and dive for a touchdown. The dude was battling. Like let that game end in his hands. Um, and, but if JD gets sacked on an option where he gets nowhere, like just stuffed behind the line, we're having a probably similar conversation well, of like, how are you not passing? But I don't think it's as bad as this. L- let me no. ask you guys this. When I think it was second overtime when JD got tackled at the one and they called targeting. Yeah. So before that, the, so the, the flag came in pretty late. So let's just, you know, live in an imaginary world and say that targeting didn't happen. If the game ended like that, it's a little yeah. frustrating, but like we've been I'm talking about the whole time, it's in Jalen's hands. He yeah. clearly fought for every inch he could try and get yep. for. And like that would have been more satisfying than how it ended up happening. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I can't. I that's what I just was saying. Like I can't live with it not being in JD's hands. Yeah, yeah it could have worked, but also we got to think. You got to prepare for like when it goes to OT. I feel like you got to be prepared. Like even when it goes into second OTs, you're gonna know you're gonna need short down short yardage plays to extend the game. So like even when it's in second overtime, how are they not sitting there like? maybe planning ahead. Obviously, I think college football, you start at 25. Like, you see games get extended all the time. How are you not prepared there? And I don't know. It's almost – it feels like the coaching staff had to have known they were going to get some heat if that doesn't work. You've got a QB that just scored six touchdowns, threw for 544 yards, single-handedly brought you back. Obviously, Arkansas did a lot of stupid things. They fumbled inside the 20. They didn't even try to attempt recovering an onside kick. But JD's down four scores. With 18 minutes left, wills you all the way back, gets you all these two-point conversions. JD's a well-spoken, really good kid, and I guarantee he didn't say or do anything. But if you're an athlete, like you two, like if you if that's you two in that situation, you're an athlete, you're a competitor. I'm fucking pissed off after the game that they took that ball out of my hands when I made all those plays. Which I would hope JD is. Like you want a competitor like that. That's like, I mean, JD, like you said, JD is not the type to be like cussing out Kotelnicki or Lance or or yelling at Bean, but like a competitive nature, he's got to be pissed. He's got to be mad that he didn't get that ball, and I don't blame B-Turns getting, getting re-mad. But, like, I did I did feel bad for him because he deserved to have that ball. He got us back. Um, Couldn't you easily live with, like, J.D. taking a sack there, maybe overthrowing someone? Like, yeah, we lost. Yeah. We want to win. But you'd be like, dude, this team fought all year. We were down 25 against an SEC team. And we almost won, but you take it out of his hands, and yeah, Fairchild's wide open. Like Bean should make that play, but his first option it looked like was Arnold, and we said that all year. His first option's gone. Just feels like he panics, and uh, you would have thought he would take off running there. He's a really fast dude, um, but he yeah. it felt like he didn't use his legs much this year either compared to last year. And got to give him credit; he beat Oklahoma State, but he also yeah. won like two games. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
It sucks. I feel bad for Bean, too. I hate that he went out that way, and that's his last memory. Um, but at the end of the day, this game is going to be remembered for one of the all-time comebacks. Like, it, it's, I, I, in three years, I don't think we're going to be talking about Jason Bean overthrowing Lawrence Arnold in the end zone. I think we're just going to be talking about, hey, remember when the, the team that rebuilt this program, the start, came back from 38-13 in the third quarter against Arkansas? Like, it's going to be – I think – AB, you said it with like the way Twitter was all about Kansas last night. Like just the fact that this program is at a point where in, on December 28th, your Twitter timeline's full of people hype about Jalen Daniels and Kansas football. Like that's that's stuff that's so fun. And that's like just as valuable to me as I mean, when you want to win. But like just the fact that we were here, classic, happy to be here. I don't care if that sounds lame. I'm certainly happy to be here. And uh, sucks we lost the way we did, but, like, for it to go like that. I think it was almost in a weird way if we were going to lose. Like, was that, like, the best way to lose? Mm -hmm. To have just an epic comeback where more people were probably talking about us than Arkansas. And we lose. That sucks. But, like, you can't be mad. And that was the first thing I tweeted last night is, like, if you don't love this team after what they just did, then I don't know. Like, they're – Think about everything that like they paved the way long term for. Like we've talked about game day coming and being ranked and getting to a bowl game and all that. But if this season doesn't get off to the start, it does. The stadium's probably trekking a little bit behind. It's probably gonna get done at some point, but that really kind of forced the momentum to get it out. Forced the momentum of keeping Lance. You have your head football coach locked in for I know people are upset yeah. with the buyouts, but at least three more years you would think. Like yep. things are going to be okay. Don't let the you know, we've kind of been hinting at it the whole time. Don't let the third overtime two-point conversion shootout change your mind on where this team yeah. is going. Like, it's yeah. everything they did this year is going to – we're going to wake up in five years and think back to, oh, yeah, this is the team that started it. So Yeah, I agree. And I it creates a ton of momentum for the fans and especially the players because I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, in the first half, I got to a terrible mind state and thought we were going to lose by 40. And I basically told myself, like – I literally told myself, like, are fans going to be excited about JD next year? Because at that point, and he was so good the first five games, but we talked about Iowa State second half. He, we didn't score. And then TCU, we scored three points. He fumbled. And then late in the year, we got blown out by Texas. K-State was okay. And then in the first half against Arkansas was not very good. So I feel like there would have been a lot of questions regarding uh, JD. Like, I think our fans would have been almost begging Bean to come back if we don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, it went from it, we want Bean in, like to replace JD and maybe come back next year, and it not even be the starter. But I think Bean would be an awesome backup. Like he's safe for sure. I think our fans would have questioned Lance. We lost six of our last seven or whatever. Um, we felt like we were undisciplined. Even Texas Tech, we had a chance to tie it there. Didn't talk about that game earlier, but yeah. before the half, that debacle was terrible. We had the ball down eight, fumbled. Um, but I think people would have. I think we would have started questioning Lance because like they weren't disciplined late in the year. And then if they would have gotten blown out or not shown any fight, maybe not question, but I don't think we would have been as pumped. Like, do you think I'm wrong? It, it, no, I agree. It Going definitely would have been, it would have been really, really, really sad to lose six of our last seven, including like a 48 to 20 bowl game loss like that. That's, that's where questions start to creep in. Like, well, God, did we just get lucky? Like, was our schedule really easy early in the year? Uh-huh. Do we just not belong here at all? But 
Then you see the second half, you see JD and that's flips. You're like, this team belongs. They're just a year away. They got a full off season ahead of them, which B turn you, you tweeted. I don't even, you may have to read that tweet. Like everyone is coming back. Everyone is coming back. Kenny Logan's back. JD's back. Devin Neal's back. Luke Grimm's back. It's absolutely insane how good this team could be next year. And that's not me saying this team can go win nine games. Like they could, but they also might win seven. I don't know. Like that's very possible. That's something that we will have to talk about in the future. Where like we can't get too ahead of ourselves and be like, all right, we won six this year. Well, now we got to win nine. Like I think seven wins, six wins. I, I hope it's not six, but I hope seven wins is a realistic expectation next year. And it is because of how it much is. we're returning. But you're right. The momentum of that second half and the way we fought, it did set up. Um, some solid momentum heading into the offseason, especially it's got to help for JD's confidence. Like I'm sure he was frustrated too. Like, damn, what's, why am I struggling right now? And now he's sitting there like, I cannot wait to play next year. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see this group get a full off season together. Um, after mm-hmm. winning some games and playing in big games and playing in close games, like it's exciting to think what they could be next year. Yeah, and they uh, you were talking about my tweet. They lose one starting offensive lineman, which is a big position, Earl Bostic. But they got Logan Brown, who is a former five-star um, offensive tackle. He's like – I think he's three or four on the transfer, top transfers list, so he's one of the best transfers in the country. Um, and a whole secondary's back, Kenny Logan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Marvin Grant, O.J. Burroughs, Rich Miller's back, Craig Young's a menace, he's back. Lonnie's back, who was awesome all year. Um, and then we talked about it. We killed it in the portal last year after only winning a couple games. KU showed they could compete. They already made it to a bowl game, so why not bring in some defensive linemen and linebackers? Because I really think that's what we need. We got gashed on the ground in the year, Texas, K-State, Arkansas yesterday. Yeah. So I don't see – yeah, I don't I – I was thinking last night, what do you guys think Vegas will have our over-under at for wins next year? Four and a half. It's going to be low. It's going to be low, boys. Just be ready for it. I would pound that. Just think about all the Vegas lines this year when, like, even when we were five and oh, six and or five and one, you're 10 point underdogs at OU that just lost 49 to nothing. Like, big dogs to just teams that you wouldn't expect a six and six bowl team to be that big of a dog in that certain spot. So it's it's probably going to be pretty low. And I don't even think five and a half. If it's five and seven next year, are you guys uh, like genuinely upset? Like, if there's any step any step back, and we haven't seen a Big Twelve schedule yet, they said it was going to be out in early December. They can piss themselves because it's still not there. Love to know which Big Twelve teams we have to play and which teams we get to avoid. But I mean, there's a chance we get screwed like the 08 season and have to play like the tough part of the Big Twelve South as opposed to 07 when we got to play Baylor and Oklahoma State and like the you know, lesser teams that year. And then it could be like, okay, well, cool. Well, now you got to play Illinois in non-con, and you still got to go to Texas and to OU, and K-State's never easy. And it's like, okay, well, there's five and seven in front of our face, and that kind of sucks. But that, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I am really worried about that. Is And I do think five and seven, when you return this much, I think it will be fair for the fan base to be mad about that. I, I It could certainly happen, but I do think it would be fair to be really frustrated that you take a step back. But <laughs> – I think six and six, seven and five, like you got to be, I'm still thrilled with that next year. If I'm planning a bowl trip next year, 
I'm thrilled. And I know some people are going to say, no, we need to win eight. We need to win nine because we return all these guys. But we still do not have the scholarships. We do not have the talent. We do not have as much as the rest of this conference. And so, yeah, it's uh, – but, hey, other way around, A.B., what if we somehow get a really favorable draw in Big 12? And then it's like, wait a second. Yeah, and I, I would be – I'd definitely be disappointed with five and seven, even if they're competing. But I think having this combo is amazing after – Lance only being here this long. Like if you would have said two years ago that we'd be complaining about five and seven, I'd be pretty pumped, but everyone's back. We obviously made it to a bowl this year and they should be, we just talked about it earlier. They should be more disciplined. They should, they have more experience in close games. I think the, even that experience against Arkansas against an SEC team, knowing you can beat them. I know they sat a lot, but KJ Jefferson is obviously a tank. They're still well coached. So I would be pretty disappointed with five and seven, but yeah, the schedule matters. We have Illinois non-con, which will be tough. So, so their running back did declare for the draft. That's huge because he's a wagon, and it was the only part of their offense that did anything all year. But their defense is terrible. Uh, part two of this, uh, we had bad injury luck this year. Maybe it's just like you know balances out a little bit. I didn't even, back. Yeah, I didn't even talk about our offense. We don't lose yeah. a single skill position player. Arnold's back, Grimm's back, Neil's back, JD's back, Holo Line's back, Fairchild, Casey. Highshaw was our best running back until he got hurt. And then Neil showed that he was awesome when he had to be, and it's like – And think about that. It was only Neil. Like, teams had to – in college Mm -hmm. football, they talk about how you need two running backs, change a pace back, and Neil still was one of the best in the Big 12. I don't care what anyone says. He rushed for well over 1,000 yards, averaged like five or six a carry, and – Dude, the future's so bright with him and just our whole so here's offense. What, here's what I really want next year. 14 straight losing seasons, right? That was the one tough part about last night. Is, You're about to say 14 straight wins. No, 14 <laughs> straight losing seasons. I, I would too. love to put that streak to an end. Let's let's go, let's go get seven wins. Let's go seven and six. And uh I'm really pumped if we do that. I thought you were bringing up the KU basketball Big 12 streak when you said 14 straight. You want to go another hour and talk about that? Just kidding, Tucker. We won't do that. But uh, I'm sweating out the under for this podcast minutes total. That (laughs) yeah, we said we'd wrap this up in an hour, which I think we're going to. I'm about to wrap this up. I I don't know what else can be said. At the end of the day, we were negative during this at times. We were questioning coaches. We were questioning players' decisions, but. At the end of the day, this team was an absolute blast. I will love them forever for – I mean, Santa already came. We're still talking K football. It's absolutely mind-blowing to be December 28th in, in this in-depth of a KU football episode. And I don't know. I love this team forever, and I hope we look back, which I think we will, as this team was the team that that laid the groundwork for us putting together like a truly good – 15 to 20 year stretch of just solid football like that's what i want just let's get let's do it and i love this team i love jd and the the fun part is we say it like this team's leaving this team ain't going anywhere they're gonna be right back next year doing this again so i was gonna say we're, we're all proud of how these guys fight um but they're all coming back they're we're not losing much they're all gonna be back you watch lonnie phelps play his ass off every single week JD, um, obviously Devin Neal, Lawrence kid, they're all back. And I think we'll be active in the transfer portal. They got to beef up the defense. We didn't even talk about Brian Borland yet, which I'm sure, I don't know. We'll talk about that. Hey, positive the vibes off- only yeah. to wrap it up. I, dude, 
I just, I really want to say like, like even Bryson tweeted it last night, like he just the happiest year we've had watching KU football. The last time this happened, we were kids. Um, yeah. Like there's 13, 14 year old kids that have never watched us play in a bowl game. And so much fun at the booth this year with you boys. Obviously some of our listeners came up, um, showed up, but three consecutive sellouts, fucking college game day was in town. First time ever. They announced renovations. Like it was it, like AB said months ago, like, you got to be satisfied with this year, even no matter how it ends. So many like groundbreaking developments, I guess, big words there, but yeah. Yeah. Facts. What a year. You got anything else? This was so any? fun. We're going to sweat this minute out to go over an hour. We're going to keep <laughs> it an hour. I keep looking at, uh, I keep an eye on it. Um, no, you guys have said it all. I, I don't want to talk in yeah. circles again, but. Yep. No, it was a fun year. I'm um, sure we'll talk about football. I'll probably take a good six months off of that unless something big happens. But, um, yep. yeah, it's basketball season right. now, boys. Big 12 starts Saturday. That's wild to think about. But My boy's coming basketball. to Lawrence. <laughs> Mike Boynton, he's coming. Let's go. <laughs> they stink, um, but we shall see. But, all right, thank you all for listening. I like that. Uh, fun season. Um, the Jayhawk football, the Kansas football Jayhawks are, are, are relevant. And that's all we've been asking for. Um, that's it. Rock chalk. Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard and think others would as well, you can find all six of our channels at KCSN covering the chiefs, the Royals sporting KC and the KC current plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.